0: Welcome to the Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. We've been meditating on the meaning of the cross in salvation, and we've seen that Jesus on the cross reveals to us a couple of things. He shows us, first of all, his act of absolute humility, which reverses the sin of pride and rebellion. And he also shows us the totality of his love. Those are the first two colors of the cross. But now we need to get practical. We need to reflect on how we can carry our crosses as courageously and as fruitfully as Jesus carried his. And for this, we're going to take a look at the third color of the cross, the simple skin color of Christ's complete humanity. Jesus' suffering on the cross was fully human. And so we know that when we suffer in life, we're not alone. Jesus suffered everything that we suffered. He knows what it's like. And so it's just a question of uniting our sufferings to Christ's sufferings by offering them up. It's a question of taking our crosses and kind of plugging them into Christ's cross. This is what offering it up really means. And it's not that complicated. It's just a matter of activating our faith and turning our eyes to Jesus and saying a little prayer of self-surrender. And when we do that, then our crosses become channels for God's grace, which began to flow into the world when Christ was hanging on his cross to continue flowing and spreading into the world, into our hearts and into the hearts of those around us. That's what offering it up really means. Now the church gives us a powerful and beautiful illustration of this in one of her most magnificent buildings, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. The basilica was constructed over the tomb of St. Peter, the first pope and the high altar, the central altar in the basilica, is located directly over that tomb. Soaring above that high altar is a huge dome, which is decorated on the inside by blue and gold mosaics. The dome was 157 meters high, and it was designed by Michelangelo, and they finished construction on the dome in the year 1590. Now those gold and blue mosaics that decorate the inside of the dome are kind of a portrait of heaven. They depict the angels, the prophets, and the patriarchs from the Old Testament, the 12 apostles, the Blessed Virgin Mary, all surrounding Jesus. It's really a glimpse, a snapshot of heaven. This huge dome is architecturally supported by four pillars. Huge pillars. And they carved niches in each of those pillars and then sculpted statues of four saints to put inside those niches. There's kind of a theme between these four saints that that links these four saints. They all participated in some way in the cross of Jesus, in his passion, his death. Now, the fact that these four saints that are Kind of built into the pillars, which supports the dome, uh, that they all participated in Christ's cross in some way is not a coincidence. There's actually a theological meaning in this. It's pretty clear if you think about it. For us to rise to the heights of holiness, to enter into the glory of heavenly light, the light of eternal life, we have to pass through the sufferings of the cross. There's a A medieval phrase invented by the monks in medieval times that summarizes this theological lesson. Per crucem ad lucem. Through the cross to the light. And that theological truth is illustrated by the architecture of St. Peter's Basilica. The pillars supporting the dome are all kind of linked to the passion. So to get to heaven, we have to pass through the sufferings of the cross. Now, I want to take a look at each one of those statues, at each one of those saints, one by one, because I think that in contemplating those works of art and the experience of those saints, we will be encouraged and we will be taught how to offer it up, how to unite our crosses to the crosses of Christ. Now, the first sculpture is that of Saint Helen. Helen was a Roman empress. She was the mother of Constantine, the Roman emperor who legalized Christianity in the year 313, which was a big deal because Christianity had been persecuted by the Roman Empire for about 300 years. Constantine was a good emperor in many ways, and he died as a baptized Christian. But he kind of suffered from some of the same sins that tend to plague powerful and successful men in every era. Jealousy, infidelity, anger, murder, these kind of things. Helen, who was a very holy woman and a dedicated Christian, at one point decided that she was going to do penance for some of her son's worst sins. So she made a vow to take a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, to Palestine, to Jerusalem, and to uncover or discover the wood of the true cross. The cross that Jesus actually was crucified on. You see, local traditions had held that on the day of Christ's crucifixion, in the in kind of the chaos of the aftermath of the crucifixion, with the earthquakes and the rocks and the and the eclipse of the sun, they had quickly taken down the wood of the cross and they'd thrown it into a ditch and had become covered covered over by rocks during that during those uh, during the earthquake after the crucifixion. So the tradition held that the cross, the wood of the cross, was there, but no one had actually been able to find it. So St. Helen went to the Holy Land, and she went to find the wood of the true cross. And with the help of St. Macarius, who was the Bishop of Jerusalem at the time, and a miracle or two, she did find it. And when she found it, she venerated it, and she had the whole Christian world venerate it with her. A relic of the true cross used to be kept in the little chapel built into the pillar just above St. Helen's statue. We can learn a key lesson from St. Helen. We don't have to be afraid of our crosses. We should identify them. We should uncover them. We should name them and embrace them and venerate them. Venerate them as an opportunity, a golden opportunity for us to participate in Christ's cross our crosses are kind of a little share in the cross of Christ, which redeemed the human race. This is the lesson we can learn from St. Helen. We don't have to be afraid of our crosses. Actually, we should seek them out, name them, embrace them. Per crucem ad lucem. The second sculpture in the pillars of St. Peter's Basilica is a sculpture of St. Longinus. Longinus was the Roman soldier who took his spear and plunged it into the side of Christ to make sure that he was dead as he was hanging on the cross. Saint John in his gospel tells us that when the spear pierced our Lord's side, immediately there flowed out of his side blood and water. An ancient Christian tradition tells us that that blood and water actually kind of spilled onto the face of Saint Longinus and performed a miracle. It cured him of an eye ailment that he had had for a long time and kind of opened the door for him to receive the gift of faith. Longinus's spearhead was preserved by the early Christians. And for a while, it was kept in the little chapel built into the pillar right above the statue of St. Longinus. St. Longinus was close to Jesus as he died on the cross, so close that he could plunge his spear into the heart of our Lord. We should stay close to Jesus when we carry our crosses too. We should be so close to him that his grace can flow over our weaknesses, our wounds, our confusion, our disappointments, all of our crosses, and comfort us and heal us. And we can do this in a special way through the sacraments, the sacraments of the Eucharist and confession. The blood and water that flowed out of Christ's side are a symbol and kind of a prefigurement of the sacraments of the church. The sacraments are gifts of God, ways that he has invented, in a sense, to stay close to us so that we don't have to suffer alone, so that we can receive comfort and strength and kind of bathe all of our own sufferings in the love of God. Jesus wanted his heart to be pierced so that we would know that he is always open to us and waiting longingly for us to take shelter in his wounded heart. It's no coincidence that Jesus chose to remain with us in the Eucharist under the appearance of bread. Bread is a source of strength for our bodies and Jesus wants to be a source of strength for our souls. We need to let him do that. Per crucem ad lucem. The third statue in the pillars of St. Peter's Basilica is the statue of St. Andrew, St. Peter's brother. After spreading the Christian faith in northern Greece and in southeastern Europe, Andrew died a martyr's death by being crucified on a cross that was made in the shape of an X. They used to keep some of his relics in the chapel built into the pillar right above the statue of Saint Andrew. Saint Andrew fled from the cross on Good Friday when our Lord was crucified. He was weak, he was afraid, and like the other apostles, he watched the crucifixion from a distance. But after the victory of the resurrection and after receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, his love was strengthened to the point where he was faithful to our Lord up to giving his own life in martyrdom. And the interesting thing about this statue is where St. Andrew puts his attention. Even as he wraps his arms around his cross, his eyes are gazing upward. He's seeing Christ, either in a vision or in prayer. See, he knows that Jesus died on the cross first, that Jesus suffered the hideous death that he's going to suffer in just a minute. And so he knows that he will not be alone as he hangs and dies on his cross. Jesus was there first. Everything that he's going to suffer, Jesus already suffered. And so he looks at Jesus to remind himself of that so he doesn't have to be alone as he dies on his cross. All of that gave him hope, confidence, and peace. And it can do the same for us. No matter what form our suffering takes, Jesus has suffered the same thing. We are not alone. All we have to do is lift our gaze to our Lord, And we have someone who suffers with us and who gives us strength. Maybe our suffering is physical suffering. (laughs) Jesus experienced that on the cross to the extreme. Maybe we're experiencing loneliness or criticism or rejection or betrayal. Jesus suffered the same on the cross. Maybe we're feeling frustration, disappointment, confusion, sorrow. Jesus felt the same. Maybe we're suffering because someone we love is suffering. Mary had that experience, too, as she stood at the foot of the cross and watched her son's life ebb away. As we feel the weight of our crosses, as we wrap our arms around our crosses, we should keep in mind that Jesus knows what we're going through, that he's close to us, that he's not a distant, abstract God. And like St. Andrew, we should turn our gaze to him and offer up our sufferings in union with His. Per crucem ad lucem. As the letter to the Hebrews puts it, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. For the sake of the joy that lay before Him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his seat at the right of the throne of God. The fourth statue built into the pillars of St. Peter's Basilica is the statue of St. Veronica. An ancient Christian tradition holds that Veronica was a Christian disciple who comforted our Lord as he carried his cross on the way to Calvary. She used her veil to wipe away the sweat and the grime and the dirt from our Lord's holy face. And Jesus comforted her in turn by leaving an image of that holy face on that veil. Veronica's veil used to be kept in the chapel built into the pillar right above her statue. This incident is very revealing. It shows that Jesus wasn't a lone ranger and that his kingdom is not made up of lone rangers. Jesus allowed himself to be comforted by the courageous love of a fellow human being, and he comforted her in return. Likewise, as we know from scripture, Jesus actually allowed himself to be helped as he carried his cross by Saint Simon of Cyrene. In Christ's kingdom, we're meant to lean on each other, to assist each other. We're not meant to be isolated, we're meant to be connected. And we can comfort each other directly simply by helping other people carry their crosses and by letting others help us carry our crosses. And we can also comfort each other spiritually by offering up the sacrifice of our crosses for the good of other members in the church. Just as Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice and thereby won graces for us, as he died on the cross, so we can offer our sacrifices to God and bring down graces for the church, for those in need. Now this is possible because we are mystically united to Jesus through our baptism, through grace. Therefore, our sacrifices can share in the redemptive value of his this opens up a whole new dimension in the meaning of our sufferings. Per crucem ad lucem. Here's how St. Paul puts it in his letter to the Colossians. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. This is what St. Veronica teaches us to offer up our sacrifices for the good of the mystical body of Christ, to stay connected, to comfort others and to allow others to comfort us. Jesus was fully human. He suffered in the same way that we suffered. We don't have to suffer alone. We can unite our crosses to his. This is the meaning of the third color of the cross, the simple skin color of Christ's complete humanity. By suffering in all the ways that we suffer, he opened up the possibility of us turning our crosses into pathways to divine light, into channels of divine grace. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, as we say in the Mass, our crosses can build up Christ's kingdom of humility, love, and trust in our hearts and in the hearts of everyone around us. All we have to do is identify our crosses, face them, name them, and embrace them like Saint Helen. Stay close to Jesus through the sacraments when we're carrying our crosses like Saint Longinus. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus like Saint Andrew. And like Saint Veronica, comfort others in their crosses and allow others to comfort us in ours. This is how we can offer up our sufferings in union with Christ for the advance of his kingdom. Offering it up is a simple thing, really, even though it isn't a crystal-clear mathematical formula. It just means fertilizing our crosses with faith and prayer so that they can become the tree of life that God wants them to become. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.